You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Friday, part de. Doing it again. Later than I anticipated. After running more errands. I'll tell you, just buying a house means that I'm running more errands than I'm accustomed to. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you're getting three today because I just realized that the uh, the Wednesday episode didn't upload, so I just put that up. That's something I'm looking forward to the most, I think about moving into a new house is getting away from this crap internet because there have been days where I haven't uploaded things to YouTube because it just, even at 720p, which I don't even like doing, it's some, it takes hours and I can't do anything. I can't watch TV. I can't, I can't even go on Twitter. It's just like, just mere text is too much for the internet to handle. So I, and since when I, my bedtime routine mean I, I usually lay there and I read a little, a few things online. I read articles, catch up with some news stuff that I missed. It just means that hasn't gotten up there. Anyway, Michigan mailbag happening now. Uh, so let's get to that. If you want the Jaden Davis of it all, if you want the Hunter Dickinson of it all, there's an episode that's already been uploaded that is there for you. But let's start with uh, this episode and our leaders and best, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. Zuri's really being very unhappy about me doing a podcast. Uh, are you surprised your teams were recruiting Amarion Walker even though we never entered the portal? How often do you think that happens? Do you think Michigan does it? And how would you con- combat teams coming f- for your players like that? Uh, number one, I don't think Michigan does it. I can't speak with complete certainty, but I mean... It's it's like John Falk told me once when I was talking about another team. It was a signing of the stars, uh, one of the two. And I had mentioned how another team had gave a monetary offer to one of the players who signed. Uh, and that was signing day proper because there wasn't an early signing day. There was a, l- a late push from another team to steal away one of Michigan's players with a monetary offer. And he said to me, I'll tell you what, that wouldn't happen here. And if it did, it wouldn't be for long. Because Michigan does, even though they've had recruiting violations, right? You know, burgers and such. <laughs> um, or, you know, there have likely been other things that are extremely minor. It's a pretty big deal that if, if you're another school tampering. And Marion, from the little clip I saw, he mentioned LSU. The funny thing is, is I don't think that the NCAA is going to do anything about it. Whereas they, they're bringing the hammer down on burgers. But you ha- had a, another team reportedly go after one of Michigan's active players who wasn't in the transfer portal. I'm sure that the, the dirtier programs are going to do everything one way or another. They're not going to shy away from wrongdoing just because. They're just not. But I was a little surprised because I also didn't, I thought that that would be kind of somewhat off limits. But I mean, at the same time, it's not, right? Jordan Addison was at Pitt and was being openly courted by USC. Like, well, before he entered the transfer portal, it was like, well, he's going to USC. 
And yet the NCAA, this feckless organization, which is coming down on Ferris State for having cigars after winning a national championship, despite LSU having done the exact same thing, it, it's just it's a ridiculous backwards organization that makes no sense. Josh Barrett, Jadiki, do you know if they draft coaches for the spring game or just players? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they did draft coaches, but I'm not 100% sure on that. They're, they've offered us no transparency. Uh, I've heard what the teams are through the through the, the back channel. Uh, I, as you sure you can know, I don't remember it that quickly. But it'll be interesting. <laughs> there, there's some parts where it's like, well, that's not going to work out for that team. Um, but anyway. After your post about the flag being displayed, I was curious what situation you covered that you have been attacked the most by uh, rival fan bases. That one's actually surprisingly easy for me to figure out. That one, because I got both Ohio State and Michigan State fans. This was when I aggregated, because that's part of my that's part of my job is to just, you know, we we can't do a whole original reporting and. and you know, we, so every every outlet does this. I did this at twenty four seven, but then we also had a national news desk that did this. Uh, they aggregated uh, articles, right? Which is taking an article that someone, like an opinion piece that someone else wrote, and then writing an article based off that. You know, whether it's just hey, this person said said it, or hey, this person said it, and then here's also my opinion. There's different ways that you can do it. Um, so. It was the summer of 2021, and 24-7 Sports put out a list of five dark horse college football playoff contenders. And keep in mind, Michigan was coming off a 2-4 and four season. I did not believe that Michigan was a college football playoff contender going at that point. But because 24-7 Sports wrote, hey, Michigan's one of those teams, that's noteworthy. And I wrote it. And eventually... It's like that was one of those days where like I I was having a bad day anyway, and then I started reading the comments, and it was just it made a bad day worse. And I just learned, hey, I can't be looking at this comments. There, if you look at it, it's I was being attacked as if I was the one sitting there being like, not even saying like I'm like wasn't even like me saying like I think they'll be like the the, the tweet even said like twenty four seven sports says blank. And there were just all these rival fans that were just like, you big idiot. And then they get really personal with it. You know, they, they call out what, you know, what I look like on my avatar on Twitter. You know, they, they say things about your writing or my podcast or any of those types of things. And they get really personal with it. Had hundreds upon hundreds of comments. I, I had muted it probably when it got to a hundred comments. And I went back, I was on the flight down uh, to Fort Lauderdale for the college football playoff. And I went and, and started looking at at the, the comments and it was just like, wow, this is really fun. It was, it was a lot of fun then. So I, it kind of worked out in that sense. I've got a really needy puppy right here under the table, just demanding attention. My brother in metal, Michael Wolf at MWolf21. And I'm sorry, man, I haven't been getting back to you as quickly as I'm sure you can imagine. Things have been hectic. Uh, do you think Michigan, the, uh, do you think this is Michigan's best recruiting staff it's had in the Harbaugh era? Uh, do you see the floor of the recruiting classes raising and making Michigan a perennial national contender? I don't know yet about the latter. 
I, I would say the former is accurate because while it felt like the 2021 staff was there, you know, Matt Weiss, we've learned not a notorious recruiter. Mike Hart is stepping his game up now. But this right now is, I mean, it seems like this is all hands on deck. There's literally no one on the staff right now that isn't recruiting. Not that they ever had a, like a staff, like a staff member just stay home and not recruit altogether. But this just feels like such an all hands on deck scenario. And you add Chris Partridge in, who's got the got the track record. Clink is like a nationally ranked recruiter right now, according to twenty four seven Sports. Um, Elston's long been considered a very good recruiter, a former recruiting coordinator. Um, Jay Harbaugh. I mean, the defensive side, all four, all four are rock stars. On the offensive side, Jerome Moore is a rock star. Mike Hart landed you the second biggest commitment currently in the class. Um, Kurt Campbell helped seal the deal with the number one commit in the class. Mike Hart, I already mentioned him. Grant Newsom's long gotten uh, positive mentions. So it's 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 certainly this isn't a. a Whereas like the beginning of the Harbaugh era, it was like you have three recruiters, the rest just kind of coach. This is a different deal. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one. How does it feel to be a homeowner? It's surreal, but it's it. it uh, I mean, I haven't moved in yet. I haven't gotten possession yet. I, I thankfully only have to wait a week for that. It's been busy, just kind of going. Made a couple trips to. You know, I, th- I think I've been to like five different home goods, gone to West Elm. Actually, I didn't go to West Elm after I went before, like right before closing. Uh, I've been to RH Outlet twice, <laughs> once before closing, once after. Or no, twice after. I've been there three times because I went there, I went there the last couple days. Just trying to like figure out how to flesh this place out. And then it's stressful because if, if you pay attention to the news like I do and you see things like... The BRICS nations coming together, not to get too political, but just to see the BRICS nations coming together and is the is the petrodollar in trouble? And then are, are we headed for something beyond a recession or a depression? That's like, oh, man, great timing for me. So it's got an element of stress to it with when it comes to that, that I never really had to worry about as well. Um, so, yeah. Number two, what players are you most excited to see on Saturday? Uh, let's see. Benjamin Hall. Uh, Braden McGregor, uh, Josiah Stewart, AJ Barner, Tyler Morris, Ernest Hausman, Kenneth Grant, uh, Jane McBurrows. That that's the list. That that's who I will have my eyes on probably the most. Number three. From what you have heard so far, which freshman do you think sees the most playing time this season? Uh, I think it would be a mix between uh, the aforementioned uh, Benjamin Hall, because I think he could be that number three back just because he's just a different style of back. It sounds like he's acclimating well. Samaj Morgan and or Fred Moore. We've seen freshman receivers come out and, and do their thing. It's a little bit rare. Like Andrell had his day at Michigan State. We saw some early Ronnie Bell. Some guys were thrown to the fire. Tariq Black and Donovan Peoples-Jones were thrown to the fire in year one. 
but generally we don't see those guys. I just feel like Samaj Morgan might be different, but we'll see. Finishing us out in segment one, KRT at Farmer 84, the 2024 recruiting class is off to a great start. Why has there been such a big difference in just one year? Uh, less drama, number one, all hands on deck, number two, a concerted effort, number three. Um, this kind of being one where I think they just kind of had their eyes on more guys and really, they really hit 2024 starting a couple of years ago, whereas I feel like 2023 was, you know, they struck out on a lot of guys that they were hoping to get, Dante Moore and such. They kind of waited more towards the summer. So this year, they've got 10 guys in the class right now. And normally at this juncture, I, I don't think they normally have 10 guys committed in March. Usually they make their big push in June. So all of those things being different factors. Anyway, all right, we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, before we do that, the tournament is heating up and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up today for your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager everything from or wager on everything. Don't don't wager everything. Um from the money line to point spreads uh, to which team will be cutting down the net all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, let's continue on. Moving on to our leaders. Wait. Victor's Valiant. Just keep on hitting the mic stand with my hat. Uh, Jim and Jim and Jim in the North just says on vacation in San Pedro. Otherwise, I would ask. Well, have a happy vacation. Hope you get some relaxation or craziness. However, you approach vacation. I hope that you get what you're looking for out of it. Mark Zia, Mark Zimke, what are your thoughts on the on three industry rankings now being weighted? And have you heard any comments from ESPN regarding them being given only 10% fair or not fair? I think it's 100% fair. I have not heard. I don't have any ins at ESPN like that. Um, I mean, I, I guess I know a couple of people at ESPN, but I guess, you know, Tom Van Heron could say something. I only see Molly, you know, my relationship with Molly McGrath is, is strict, you know, it's on field. Um, but, um, uh, I, I think it's fair because they just don't devote the same amount of resources that 24 seven sports or on three does rivals tries to, but I mean, they're just a dwindling uh, service as it is 24 seven and on three are the only ones that I really trust with it. So it, I think it makes sense to wait those. Like, I don't, I, I don't like if I'm like, Oh, it's a four star on rivals. Yeah. I'll tout it in an article, but I'm honestly, if there were three star and the other two, I'm thinking of them as, of them as a three star is generally how that goes. Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. Who would you bet as a bigger year, Morris or Clemens? I'd bet Tyler Morris right now. I'm hoping it's, Darius Clemens, because I think if it's Darius Clemens, I think that means Michigan's really letting that pass game just go. But then again, I mean, there's also Roman Wilson and Cornelius Johnson. But I think if if Darius Clemens is you know gets a gets 500 yards compared to Morris getting 500, I guess it doesn't matter. I mean, either way. But I I just feel like having an outside receiver like Clemens doing doing things, I think that that would be bigger, personally. 
but I think it'll be Tyler Morris. Clark at Blue for Life, eight. If I would have done the mailbag on time, I would have answered this wrong. I'll tell you that. Yes, do you think Dickinson returns for another year? Wah, 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 wah. Um, yeah, I would have I would have said, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Transferring is the one thing I didn't think he was gonna do. Not even in my mind. Not even like something that I was entertaining. So yeah, I would have answered that wrong. Ike Hamlin at Hamstand 87. Do you think Amarion Walker's move to defense is a direct response to Ohio State's wide receiver room? Can we be the next DBU? It's going to be a... I mean, actually, Michigan's had some pretty good defensive back units. Really, 2020 is just kind of the aberration. But, I mean, they they weren't sending guys necessarily into uh, into the league in the same way that Ohio State was, right? Like, Jordan Lewis was a third-round guy, I believe, right? Second or third. I think he was third. He was third. Channing didn't go. Jeremy Clark was a fifth-rounder. Um, But they were the number one pass defense in the country. David Long, third round. Levert, not drafted. But yet, again, number one pass defense in the country. So they kind of have been that, but they they haven't been sending guys. Whereas I think Amarion Walker and Will Johnson will probably be first round pick types. Um, as far as it being a direct response to OSU, I think in a way it has to be because that's the one that you really have to shut down through the air in the regular season. So in a way, it probably has to be. But uh, and and like you know, even mentioned by. Jesse Minter, like, hopefully we get him going here in the early going because it's more that middle to end of season that we need him. So, in a way, that's kind of an implicit admission. Adam Casel at Adam underscore Casel. What will you be looking for in all three phases of the spring game? Um, kind of already answered to the players. I'm just looking for new, newer players, basically, in general. Um, and I want to see Tommy Doman make kicks. But I honestly probably won't be making a ton of, won't be watching it very closely either. Uh, do you have your Jaden Davis commitment piece written yet? Uh, obviously, I do now. And actually, I've had it written for about two weeks. So, yes, <laughs> it was written about two weeks ago and it's just been sitting in drafts and I just had to slightly update it. Perry Mitchell at Perry Mitchell 08. First, I want to bring attention to Mason, Mason Paris, who went 33 and 0 on route to winning the heavyweight division Big Ten championship, national championship. And becoming the first Michigan wrestler to win the Hodge Trophy. All right. Go blue, I guess. <laughs> My question is this. Why haven't we heard much about Mason Graham in the in spring ball? We always hear about Jenkins, Grant, and Benny, but Graham is rarely mentioned. I think it's just because he's just doing what you expect him to do. Maybe we haven't asked enough about him. You know, we've asked a lot about Chris Jenkins. Uh, I have I've know that I've asked a little bit about Kenneth Grant. I think we had him early, Mason Graham. I think we had him early in the in the year. I, sometimes I think guys will just, it's just they're doing what they're supposed to do. And there's like, he's gotten mentioned. It just hasn't been, it's people are more talking about Chris Jenkins because it sounds like he's taken a big step forward. Um, I don't think it's much to do about anything. James Kovaleski at coach underscore Kovo. Uh, have other programs had as much success retaining key players that could declare for the draft as Michigan's one more year fund? Or has Michigan outperformed the rest? I can't speak for this year because I haven't really looked. But um, 
in general, I, I think that Michigan's kind of doing what we've seen from some others, right? Like Ohio State always seemed like they had a bunch of guys that could go and didn't. Uh, so I it's it, I remember previous mailbags from a couple of years ago, like lamenting the fact that Michigan wasn't like Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State with guys that are coming back. It just seemed like first opportunity they could go, guys would go. And people would ask, was that a culture problem? I think I decried it as a culture pro- problem at that time. But now I think maybe I was wrong. Uh, finishing us out in segment two, generic at ERKJ72. Have you heard any rumblings of what round DJ Turner may land in the draft? Sounds like he'll be a day two guy. I'm guessing that's probably accurate. I don't know if it'll be day two or round two or three. Someone's going to fall in love with the speed and just say, well, we'll figure it out. So um, right now it sounds like Mozzie's trending towards first, DJ probably towards the second. I think Mike Morris probably in the third. And then we'll see how it un- unfolds from there. All right, we're going to continue on in just a moment with more of your Michigan football questions. All right, we've got plenty more left. We're not going a good 40-something minutes. This is nice. (laughs) All right, Jeffrey Slager at Slager Jeffrey. Congrats on the homeownership. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jeffrey. What household chore are you least looking forward to do or looking forward to that you need to do because you own the property? I guess I don't know much about what chores I'll have to be doing because this is my first home. Mowing the lawn is the only thing that comes to mind. And no, I'm not looking forward to that. But like what, maybe you'll have to enlighten me as to other things that I have to do. I don't know. Um, Because like there's certain things that I'll probably do naturally, just like the general outs, like, you know, outside maintenance. I, I made our apartment when I lived in Ann Arbor. I made, I you know, I I, I trimmed the the one hedge that was over there and tried to keep it kind of looking beautiful and stuff like that. I guess I just don't know what else it's, it's, I'm going to find out. Ask me in a couple months, Joshua Carlson at Josh WFF 96. If you had to predict right now, who wins the West and plays against Michigan in the big 10 championship. Here you go. I, I, it, it's antithetical to what, I, you know, when I kind of would preach about it, I, I think it's going to be Wisconsin just because I think Luke Fickle will have a pretty immediate effect, especially with that, uh, the former UNC offensive coordinator and the transfers they brought in Braylon Allen. I think they've got more talent than the rest of the, of the conference. And whereas I think like it's an upgrade for them to get Luke Fickle, I think it's a downgrade for Purdue to get uh, Ryan Walters, at least initially, because they have to change mentalities. Think, I think it's going to take a couple years for Matt Rule. I think the bear, the the cupboard's a little bit bare in Minnesota. Northwestern's cupboard's still really bare. Illinois might be okay, but I think they're they're losing. You know, obviously they're losing Chase Brown. They're also losing uh, their starting quarterback. Iowa would be the other one. It'd be one of those two. Honestly. Also, how many Big Ten teams play in playoffs plus New Year's Six Bowls, and who are they? I think it's just always going to be, like, it's usually three, and I think it'll be three. Um, At this moment, I would still say probably Michigan and Ohio State in the playoff. Maybe they don't put two in, but I'm going to say it's probably those two again. And uh, Penn State probably in the uh, the New Year's Six could be a different team, but 
what it was last year. I'm thinking I'm I have no idea, no reason to change it at this point. PJ at Go Blue 300. Isaiah, we don't talk enough about special teams. Two unproven kickers coming in this year. How big of a drop can we expect? We have been top five special teams in the last two years. Um, Michigan's in a way kind of special teams you as well, because even though Quinn Nordine had his struggles, there have been some some punch struggles here and there, right? Like Will Hart struggled, and then Brad Robbins took over, and Brad Robbins struggled and had an injury, and then Will Hart took over, and then. Will Hart struggled and after being like really good, you know, Will Hart was amazing in 2018 and then struggled in 2019 um, at the punter position. But, I, you know, punter's generally been mostly solid. Kicker's been mostly solid. It was Kenny Allen for a few years. And then once Kenny Allen was gone, then uh, Quinn Nordine and Quinn Nordine was a little erratic, but he wasn't like, you know, overall bad. Made some huge kicks. Jake Moody, obviously, was amazing. Tommy Doman's a former five-star, according to, I think it was Cole's kicking, at punting and place kicking. So I have full, and he's in his third year, I have full confidence that he's going to be just fine. Full confidence. Shane at Seamus0194, who do you think Michigan's will be Michigan's sack leader in 2023? What about INTs? Uh, I think I'm going to say for interceptions, I'm going to go Will Johnson. It might not be him because people might avoid him. And if that's not him, then it'll be Rod Moore again. Uh, but then for sack leader, I'm going to go with Braden McGregor. Even though he, he's a new commodity, it could be Josiah Stewart. Cause, I mean, he had 12 and a half a couple years ago. But I, I think Braden McGregor is going to have a big breakout year. I, I really do. Island Dano at lookup. Lookout point sixty nine. How many wins will they have, and why is it fifteen? Um, I honestly think it's going to be fourteen. I think they'll run the table in the regular season again, and then I think that they'll lose in the national championship. Kind of what I expected this past year, but uh, I'm not convinced yet that they'll win at all. I think this is your best shot, but it, I still don't know if they have the postseason woes have been too much, right? Though it's just. It's hard to it's just getting a win in the postseason would be big. It may maybe I mean outside of the Big Ten championship, they've been able to do that. The college football playoff start was started the week after the Big Ten championship, and I think they'd be able to do that. LK Baird at Luke Baird twenty sixteen. Who has the best linebacker room in the Big Ten? I feel like it could be us, especially with Hausman. I don't know enough about the depth of all fourteen teams at the linebacker position. I'd imagine both Ohio State and Penn State are probably pretty good. I would imagine, even though was uh, Iowa just lost, uh, Luke Cam- uh, Luke Campbell, we're not who's that Jack Campbell. There we go, Jack Campbell. That they're probably pretty good, and Wisconsin's probably pretty good. But I don't know. I can't really tell you with any degree of certainty. We're just kind of in that in that time frame where I don't really have a good pulse on nuance when it comes to uh, what other teams have at uh, positions other than like skill positions, really. But you might be right. I mean, it's a lot of depth. Ethan Justice at Ethan Justice 42. What needs to happen for Michigan to win the Big Ten Championship and what needs to happen for Michigan to win the Natty? To win the Big Ten Championship, they just need to basically not overthink, not get injured, play up to capability. Michigan will have more talent than every team proven talent than every team 
That includes Ohio State, in my opinion. Um, not basically just don't keep that take your eye off the ball and don't have any key positions get injured and uh, don't overthink things. As far as the the national championship mixture of getting a favorable draw, really don't overthink things uh, like they kind of did last year. Execute, play your brand of football. And then get lucky a little bit. I'd say that's what it is. Uh, Clyde Froggle at Clyde Frog sixty nine ninety six. I love the the Clyde Frog part of it all. What do you what to expect from our next kicker? Um, I mean he's got a powerful powerful leg, Tommy Doman. He's he's a he doesn't look like a kicker. He looks like a wide receiver. He's like six five and. Again, he's highly rated. I, I don't think you're going to see like this giant drop-off or anything like that. Yes, Jake Moody was very consistent. But, you know, Tommy Doman's been able to sit there and study under him for the past two years. See what it takes to be that consistent. I fully expect, to, expect him to be able to do that. Finishing us out, JB at Ya Dad Love Me One. Who is someone you think will have a breakout year? Well, I already mentioned Braden McGregor. I'm going to add a different name. I'm going to go with A.J. Barner. A.J. Barner, who was spoken of as, uh, by Tom Allen as being the potential best tight end in Indiana history and before they just stopped utilizing him. Uh, I think that he's going to come in and surprise a lot of people. I think he's just going to be an absolute beast for Michigan. All right, that's going to do it for us today all together. We will be back sometime tomorrow night, probably relatively late because I have to drive all the way home to do the podcast. But we will do a spring game reaction show. So look forward to that. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace.